Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along on an absolutely beautiful day. Uh, What have we learned? Well, maybe this. Guess what? Not everything is about the election. Babies are still being born. The sun still shines. And God sits on his throne in heaven. That is the good news. Kath, welcome. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. A spectacular day in southwestern Pennsylvania. Lovely indeed. Okay, let's start off the show this week by th- talking about the top four at four. All right, John, Mike, for Monday, November 9th, 2020, I give you this. Number one, after days and days and days and days of counting Our own state of Pennsylvania put Joe Biden over the electoral top on Saturday to make him America's 46th president-elect. Our free-thinking state, it was the focal point of the entire country, turning this time from red to blue and causing all of us to rejoice that, regardless whether our guy won or not, radio and TV ads are over (laughs) for a while, and our front yards can blessedly return to green space. Thank goodness. Very nice. Number two. As COVID-19 cases spike all over the world and right here in Allegheny County, the vaccine developed by Pfizer and partner BioNTech is looking pretty good about now. After a critical study, the vaccine has proved to be more than 90 percent effective in the first 94 subjects who were infected by the new coronavirus and developed at least one symptom. Though the results are incomplete, let's stand up all of us and cheer because it sure is some positive. Very good. Number three, and as a result of that shot in the arm, no pun intended, (laughs) stocks around the world are surging, sending Wall Street back to record heights. The S&P 500 jumped 3.2% in early trading after news of the vaccine data was released, and that put the index close to a record for the first time since the summer. And number four, our Pittsburgh Steelers. They remain the NFL's only unbeaten team. After a truly wretched first half performance and a scary almost injury to Ben Roethlisberger's knee, the Steelers somehow rallied to produce a 24-19 victory against the hated Dallas Cowboys. Reading from today's trip, the game represented, listen to this, the 34th fourth quarter comeback of Big Ben's 17-year NFL career. Nice. 34th. According to ProFootballReference.com, that moves Ben Roethlisberger into a tie with Johnny Unitas <laughs> for the fourth most fourth quarter comebacks led by a quarterback in NFL history. It. And that is your top four. Very nice. Four. Johnny Unitas and Ben Roethlisberger. Who would have that, ever thought? That is, that really is cool. good That's company, good. people. It sure is. It looks as though our opponents are increasingly just trying to give us the game any way they can. I mean, what in the world? And how badly can we play in the first mm. half, oh like gosh. three weeks in a row? 
That was so horrible, wasn't it? I mean, you thought, okay, this is the day they're going to lose. No, no, it's no, just- no, no. Two weeks in a row because yeah. two weeks ago we were playing Tennessee. It was awesome at the beginning yeah. and then it all oh, fell sure apart. Was. Oh my gosh. I don't know. It, I seriously it, did not believe we would win that game until we won that game. Yeah, I agree. I'm the same way. And I, I, yeah, I mean, the whole thing was just sort of so twisted and so backwards. Thank God they pulled it out. I mean, but sooner or later you expect them to lose, right? Like they can't continue to play this way. No. And I, I, I seriously, like I, it, it's good for a team to lose. It gives you a sense of yeah, humanity. yeah. I mean, but this is as close to losing as you're going to get. So if that doesn't humble them, then mm-hmm. they got a problem. Right. Hey, uh, the good news is that uh, AB is back as well, right? Oh my! And gosh. AB was AB. Yeah. Listen, was that a disaster last night for the Tampa I missed Bay the whole Buccaneers? Thing. Oh, oh, Mike, did you watch it? No, I was unfortunately uh, painting a shed, so I did not see it. Oh. See it. Well, let me tell you, our time you is better spent. See, you guys missed a glorious moment because any day, any 24-hour period. Where the da- where we can beat the Dallas Cowboys and Tom Brady can also lose. Yes, <laughs> he's so rich. Amen. That's very good. All right, let's take a quick break. Uh, we're looking forward to going back to the White House. Greg Clugston joins us in just a few minutes. Always the first man on the ground to let us know the in goings on in the nation's capital. Stick around. It's the ride home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. The field of battle is definitely not the place to find out that you are not prepared for a fight. That's also true in terms of spiritual war. And remember, there is no avoiding that conflict if you're a Christian. Join John MacArthur as he shows you how to stand strong by preparing you for spiritual warfare. This week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. For those of us who are healthy, it's hard to imagine what it's like to be chronically sick. If you're over 50, you may be fine today, but tomorrow, different story. Chronic illness can literally claim your financial world overnight, and suddenly you're tens of thousands in debt, mailbox overflowing with bills, notifications, warnings, and you think Obamacare will help you sort it out? Good luck getting someone even to talk to. This is Kathy Emmons, and my friends at Marley Financial have a better solution. It's their non-Obamacare pro-life health plan. It gives you the power of a national PPO instantaneously, savings of 30 to 60% off Obamacare for those over 50, no funding for abortion, and always someone to help you. Call 724-884-1496. One client recently in the hospital for 11 days for a bowel obstruction, the hospital billed him over $56,000. Marley Financial's non-Obamacare plan paid the entire claim and put $7,000 in his pocket. There's no other plan like it anywhere, and you can get it now. Call 724-884-1496 or visit MarleyFG.com. My name is Namrita Singh Gujral. I am a filmmaker and an immigrant. My film, America's Forgotten, uncovers the unintended consequences of a broken immigration system. The seven-year-old girl died in the desert. This child came from the country of India. I'm living in the child. I can go to the police. I never expected this journey would lead me to a truth that I never intended to find. A great pillar of the community was killed by a man who had been deported at least twice. The public would be outraged if they knew the truth. I found how much Americans are being lied to regarding our immigration policies at the border. My friends, my industry, even my family all rallied against the final message of this film. All credits had to be hidden for fear of retribution. 
If you care about the future of America, you should watch America's Forgotten. Go to SalemNow.com to buy today. Use promo code Pittsburgh for 20% off. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ. And our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody to Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Well, since Tuesday evening, I think everyone's checking media, right? You're looking into the uh, tube or the internet or listening to radio. What are the results? What's going on? And finally, on Saturday morning, which was really weird, uh, one of the networks sort of broke it and said, well, yeah, the president you know, uh, has not uh, won the uh, election and Joe Biden is the presumptive, the presumptive president. I mean, they called it. How did that even work? Greg Clarkson's back with us. Greg Clarkson is the SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, thanks for coming along today. How are you there in uh, the nation's capital? Hey, doing, doing just great, John. Kathy, great to be back with you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Greg, not much going on, right? (laughs) Yeah, we, we, we roll from one huge event to the next and uh, throw uh, a few smaller events along the way. So, yes, the, the highway oh, is always littered boy. with the news. It sure is. Okay, Greg. So, um, so Pennsylvania, our fair state here in which we sit, is uh, the one that put Joe Biden over the top. Talk about the uh, reaction from the White House. Where are they at this point? Well, the legal challenges uh, from the Trump campaign continue uh, in these okay. very close states, as you mentioned, Pennsylvania, I think uh, I think the margin of difference right now in favor of Joe Biden is a little over 45,000 votes. That's a little more than just one half of one percent. So it's obviously very slim. It's very similar to the margin of victory, for example, that Donald Trump had in in uh, some some of the upper Midwest states um, four years ago, uh, Michigan, for example, and Wisconsin, um, he he skated by with uh, less than one percent, and we're seeing that in not only Pennsylvania but Wisconsin and especially Georgia. the uh, The margin of difference right now is 02 percent, ten thousand six hundred votes out of more than five million cast statewide in Georgia. Greg, look back at uh, past presidential races. I mean, as razor thin as this is, it's just unbelievable that it's been so close and we've come down to this. And now as though it looks as though the president is going to file some suits here and sort of contest the results. Right. He uh, he's not he's not been seen publicly today. Um, actually, hasn't been since he spoke on Thursday night uh, from the White House briefing room. Uh, he, of course, has been active on Twitter and he's, his, his message is essentially this, this race is not over until we go back and look at these voting irregularities that he and his campaign and supporters um, claim could make the difference in some of these states. Now, obviously, there are um, any number of the network observers who make a decision on, on calling a race and, and looking at all of the data and also looking at what, for example, in, in past recounts, whether you're talking about Wisconsin recount or a Georgia recount, what past presidential recounts have resulted in is a very small number uh, of votes really changing, you know, changing between candidates. 
Um, and so that is what that has what has led some of these networks and other political observers to to still be confident that it's Joe Biden being the winner, even though mm-hmm. these margins are still very small. You know, I thought so often about this since we lived through the Bush Gore thing uh, back in 2000. Is it just it's got to be so incredibly painful to run this close of a race and then lose by a small margin? It would be just much easier as a human to, to be the victim of a landslide. I think you're right, Kathy. I I think these and 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 when you look at, at some of the president's comments, uh, you know, he said on on election night and and uh, he went to bed late that night feeling very good and was up in all of these these states, including Pennsylvania, until a lot of the um, early mail-in votes uh, ballots were started to be counted the next that night and the next morning, and he essentially wakes up and and sees his lead. Uh, evaporating. What's interesting, and I, I, I don't remember where I saw this or who, who said it, I, I, I would love to give them credit, but they gave the perspective that, for example, uh, even though the president viewed it as losing votes from election night moving forward, the reality is the mail-in ballots in these states, the, mass, the vast majority of them, had already been submitted. They just simply had not been counted yet. And so it gave the appearance that he was, you know, that the, the president was moving backwards in the number. It was just, it was just which ballots they counted first. Um, that doesn't obviously ease the pain of of coming up on the short end here, but that's uh, that's what has happened. Right. I mean, what, what was interesting, Greg, is the, because of the COVID era, and of course the the deep and hard push by I think the Democrats mostly to make sure that people voted by mail. I mean, I, I believe that going forward, that voting by mail is going to change elections as we know it. I think it very well might, John. And it, it took a pandemic and it took, um, uh, to be honest, a polarizing president to, uh, you know, the combination of those two um, this year, this election cycle, uh, really got people, um, you know, active and involved. Obviously, more votes for a president had been cast in, in this election. It's interesting, you know, Joe Biden will say, yeah, 74-plus million votes uh, for me. Um, no no person has ever received the most, ever, you know, in this country's history. And who's number two? Well, it's Donald Trump at 71 mm-hmm. million-plus votes. Yeah, how about that? Uh, which is even more than Barack Obama, for example. So um, they they both drove out their their base of support of course mm-hmm. uh you know a week ago i was just finishing up a a 48 hour whirlwind with the president through uh, several states 10 rallies the last two days and and that was really the main message of 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 that effort was to okay i know you're with me i need you to physically go to the polls on election day and vote because we know there's a lot of mail-in votes that have yet to be counted hmm. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, how about what's going on in the Senate? I mean, we're deadlocked at 48 apiece. Um, the, the person who controls the Senate gets to 51. Uh, what's going on in Georgia? I, you know, I was just saying before you came on the air, Greg, how thrilled we are in Pennsylvania that at least our lawns can go back to green space, right? <laughs> now that the election's over, even if we're sad if our guy lost, right? At least we're happy about that. This poor people in Georgia, it's going to go on for two more months. Yeah, they're looking at another eight weeks of campaigning, and you know there's going to be a lot of national political money flowing into Georgia. I bet there is. It's not, it's not going to be just a, a local statewide effort. It's going to be um, all hands on deck for both the Democrats and the Republicans. Essentially, what you have, Kathy, as as you know, is you've got two Republican incumbent senators. 
um, Purdue and Loeffler, and neither one of them in their in in, in each of their races for re-election surpassed the uh, the necessary 50% threshold. That's uh, how it works in Georgia, and so that means uh, there's a runoff, and so they have to go through it all again in the first week of January. And uh, so that could really, uh, well, that is going to uh, settle what what happens in terms of the majority in the Senate. So if Joe Biden holds on uh, through these legal challenges to be the next president, um, his vice president, Kamala Harris, would be a a casting, you know, could cast a a tie-breaking vote in the Senate. Um, And so they would they would need, uh, you know, uh, one more, you know, one or two of those more. And so obviously um, it's really razor thin. It's interesting because Republicans did much better in the House races than just about anybody forecast. Uh, There was talk of Democrats gaining 10 to 15 seats in the House of Representatives, and uh, they've lost ground against the Republicans this time. So even though, uh, you know, Donald Trump at the top of the ticket is coming up short against Joe Biden, you had Republicans down ballot in, in states across the country that did secure their victories. Greg, let me ask you about the two other states. I believe we're still looking at Alaska and North Carolina, Senate-wise. Right. Yeah, they um, they are counting counting votes there. Um, although 48-48... Yeah, they they have not completely um, finalized those as well. So it's not entirely on Georgia, although um, uh, the expectation for both for both North Carolina and Alaska uh, is going to be in favor of the Republicans here. Right. And the, that brings up the other issue, Kathy, of of like the timeline going forward in terms. And this is true not just in contested elections, but this is how the process works after election day. Um, December 8 is really the next deadline day for the Electoral College. That's when all election disputes um, at the state level have to be resolved. And then it's a few days, it's about a week after that, it's the middle of December, when the electors in all of the states then actually submit um, their their choice for candidate um, on the paper ballots, that, which are then sent to Washington. So that process is going to be moving forward. It always happens every four years, uh, but sometimes um, that's overlooked because there isn't a razor-thin margin between the presidential candidates. Talking with Greg Clugston from SRN News. Greg, uh, let's talk about uh, what's happening with COVID inside the White House. There's been another uh, outbreak. There has. We learned uh, over the weekend or late Friday night, I think it was, that Chief of Staff, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows uh, had contracted COVID-19. And we learned today that Ben Carson, who's the uh, housing secretary, also has COVID. And uh, both of these men were at the uh, the White House victory party at the uh, the White House last week on, on election night. Um, and I could tell you just from personal firsthand experience traveling with the president those last 48 hours a week ago, uh, Mark Meadows was on the trip and um, he, he rarely, if at all, wore a mask. And that's just the way it's been. And so um, there also are uh, some uh, some other reports. We don't know the names of other lower level staffers at the White House uh, who also have COVID as well. So we've seen this. We've seen this story before over the last number of weeks affecting both the president's inner circle as well as the staff that works for Vice President Mike Pence. I see. All right, then, speaking of COVID, uh, good news today is that the drug manufacturer Pfizer 
has uh, announced, uh, some would say uh, post-election, raise an eyebrow or so, but that there is a vaccine that has apparently 90% efficiency rate. Please fill us in on the details. Yeah, this, uh, I think late last night, early this morning, the, the news was released by Pfizer, and they also are working with um, an international partner in developing this vaccine. And, um, you know, the CEO or the senior vice president of, of Pfizer said, look, this was not a, a politically based timeline. We were going to come out when we were ready to say where we stand now with these vaccine trials. And uh, they were elated to report, and people were happy to hear, obviously, including President Trump, including Joe Biden, that the uh, what they believe is the effectiveness rate of the, of this uh, possible vaccine is 90% or higher, which is really astounding because um, often approvals move forward with just a 50% approval or effective rate. Um, so this sent the stock market zooming higher today, and it gave a lot of people hope that uh, if, in fact, these results are accurate and uh, this is a vaccine that, uh, you know, obviously could be effective, um, it could be a real game changer moving forward. Now, at the same time, it doesn't mean um, we're through this pandemic by any stretch. Um, before it reaches the general public, there has to go through a lot more uh, process here, and so it's not going to be widely available for some time yet. So everybody has to still deal with the pandemic. Pandemic, but it was a it was a hint of some encouraging news, nonetheless. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, wow, it's terrific news. Greg Clugston with us, SRN News White House correspondent. Greg, before you leave us, let's talk about President-elect Biden. Um, you know, the conversation about masks is so old, and all of us are so sick of it. We can barely, you know, tolerate another conversation. But I think he's going to bring one up. Right. Well, he talked about it again today. He, in, in a sense, it wasn't any, anything new than from what he has said before, but now in his position post-election here, and he had just had a, a virtual meeting with members of his own task force that uh, is working to uh, help him put together a game plan and a blueprint for dealing with the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, in his public statement in Delaware today, he, just, he, was, he was pleading really with Americans to say, look, Wearing a mask is not a political statement or should not be a political statement. And he said, whether you voted for me or not, whether you voted for Donald Trump or not, please wear a mask. He said, if everybody would do this over these, uh, especially during the winter months, he said, uh, this could really, you know, bridge us between where we are now, which is seeing an increase in cases and hospitalizations and deaths, and bridge us to uh, hopefully where we are with uh, a vaccine that is showing promise. And so, he was he was imploring the country today uh, to to put aside any sort of political feelings that people may have about masks um, as inconvenient and as unwelcome as they are, just in terms of you know remembering to put them on and finding them and keeping them clean and all the rest. So he was he was hoping that the country would respond in that way. Very good. Well, Greg, uh, you stay safe at the White House. Mask up, my friend. I do, and I will. Thank you, John. Very nice. Always a pleasure. Greg Clugston, SRN News, White House correspondent. He's uh, there at the White House every day, reporting to us live every Monday. We'll take a break. Come back. This is a historic day about a wall. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more. 
or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. By now, you've heard me talk about MyPillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. MyPillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium MyPillows for as low as prices ever. You can get a standard queen premium MyPillow for just $29.98, originally $69.98. That's a $40 savings, and kings are only $5 more. Not only are you getting the lowest price ever, $29.98 for a standard queen, but Mike is extending his 60-day money-back guarantee to March 1st, 2021. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, use promo code WORD, or you can call 1-800-391-094. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com. But by calling right now at 1-800-391-094, promo code WORD, you'll get yours soon. Our smiles are still behind our masks. We are welcoming patients back, and we're happy to do so. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. Although some of the details of their appointment may look different, we can't give the normal hugs or handshakes that they might be used to. The same exceptional dentistry, the same compassionate care that they've really become accustomed to is still there. Stock Family Dentistry on Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. We are everywhere. On your radio at 101.5 WORD-FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app by heart tune in and at radio.com tonight will be clear and mild we'll see a low tonight of 56 tomorrow will be warm with temperatures breaking the record of 73 set back in 1939 we'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine high 75 Tomorrow night will be warm with cloudy skies, occasional late-night rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Wednesday, cloudy, remaining warm with showers. Wednesday will reach a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. In August of 1961, the communist government of the German Democratic Republic, GDR, or also known as East Germany, began to build a barbed wire and concrete anti-fascist bulwark between East and West Berlin. Now, officially, the purpose of the Berlin Wall was to keep Western fascists from entering East Germany and undermining the socialist state. But we all know what it really was, right? It was to try to stem the tide of all the East Germans that were escaping into West Germany. The Berlin Wall stood until this date 
November 9th in the year 1989, when the head of the East German Communist Party announced that citizens of the GDR could cross the border whenever they pleased. And that night, for those of you that were alive at the time and conscious enough to remember, you uh, have in your mind, I'm sure, the pictures of, you know, crazy crowds and people jumping all over it and screaming, singing and everything else. I'm reading from history.com. And so that's what we're talking about today, because this day in history, the Berlin Wall started to come down. I mean, it was shock, uh, such a, a shocking, totally unexpected event to happen. Of course, you know, Reagan years, a couple of years earlier had said, you know, Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall and everybody nodded their head in agreement, but no one expected it to happen, especially as quick and in the kind of bizarre way that it did happen. It was essentially a mistake, but boy, it came down and it came down awfully fast. Do you remember it, Kath? Were you alive? Oh, I do remember it. Sure. I remember it. I was in college at the time. I mean, so cool. Okay. There's some really great films about the Berlin wall. So if you're, you know, if you don't remember, if you want to go deeper, how about the, uh, the Tom Hanks film, Steven Spielberg film called bridge of spies. Have you seen that? Never saw bridge of spies. Oh, it's really excellent. I don't know if it's streaming or not, but really super terrific. Uh, that'd be the top of the list. If you, so if you want to celebrate today by looking at a film bridge of spies or on um, the tunnel, Oh, yeah. And you know what I'd recommend is the Mm. lives of others. Oh, yeah. It's a great one, too. Oh, my gosh. Now, that's not about the wall coming down, but it's about what it was like to live Mm. in the GDR. The oppression. It is. It's one of the it's one of I can't think of another film that kind of got me into the space of imagining what life was like there. Can you imagine how oppressive that must have been? for That is the lives of others. That is a terrific movie. You know, and I think psychologically, if you would talk to the Germans, east or west, there's still some sort of, you know, psychological effect mm-hmm. that still affects the country. Sure. Of course. How could it not be? Yeah, I've heard Angela Merkel talk about that a lot. You know, she grew up in East Germany. Her father was a pastor uh, who worked with the East German communist government. And, you know, there were... I mean, there are all sorts of complicated relationships between people who were in clergy (laughs) at the time and lived in East Germany. You know, were they complicit with the state? Were they fighting against the state? You know, were they on the side of the people or the side of the government? You know, uh, anyway. So the fact that Angela Merkel has been, you know, the chancellor of Germany for as long as she have has, it's just really, it is amazing how far they've come in such a short time. It really is. Yeah. Anyway, freedom is a very good thing. And on this day, we celebrated mm-hmm. uh, Germany reunited once again. Take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk in just a few minutes about tolerance from a Christian perspective. What is tolerance? How's that work? Tom Soroka joins us in a few minutes. WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. When you and I come to open God's Word, we have to be attentive. And let me tell you why. When the Word of God is open and the Word of God is preached, every single person who hears it, God has something to say to you. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 830 on 101.5 WORD. Hi, this is Jay Farner, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. We can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows. So when you call 8338-ROCKET or visit us at rocketmortgage.com to start your refinance, you'll be well on your way to saving money every month. The rate today on our 30-year fixed rate mortgage is 3.125%, APR 3.43%. 
Right now could be a great time for you to take some positive financial steps forward with a cash-out refinance from Rocket Mortgage, which could give you the boost that you're looking for. In addition, we may be able to help you refinance with little or no out-of-pocket costs. At Rocket Mortgage, we're committed to every client, every time, no exceptions, no excuses, giving you the best mortgage experience. Call us today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Rates subject to change. Pay 2.875% fee to receive this discounted rate. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. How would you like the chance to win a truckload of DeWalt tools plus the truck they came in? Yeah. We thought so. Don't miss Lowe's Provember event. Now through November 25th, you could win a set of 18 DeWalt tools worth over $3,000. And the truck? A 2021 Chevy Silverado. Enter for your chance to win at Lowe'sforpros.com slash Provember. Lowe's, the new home for pros. No purchase necessary starts 1028, ends 1125. LFP membership required, U.S. only. Entry rules on Lowe'sforpros.com slash Provember. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at integrityretirementsolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. Meeting new people, going on dates, <laughs> I was way out of practice. Silver Singles made it easy for me to get back into dating, and it felt just right. Rediscover the magic of dating with Silver Singles, the exclusive community for singles over 50. Signing up was easy. I told them a little about me, my interests, and I started getting matches right away. At Silver Singles, you receive daily matches you won't want to miss. Start your search today at silversingles.com radio. Silversingles.com radio. Tolerance. Certainly hear that word an awful lot, don't you? But what does tolerance look like from a Christian? How does that work? Tom Soroka joins us once again. Tom Soroka is the pastor at um, uh, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. And uh, Father, always a pleasure to have you with us. I hope that you have your tolerant hat on, especially today. (laughs) I'm definitely putting it on, and I always have it on, so it's good to be with you. Thank good. You. Well, uh, it's always good to have you as well, and I'm happy that you have your tolerant hat on. I'm trying to have mine on. It's a str- It's a struggle, isn't it? I mean, because we're all fallen people, and it's so easy to look at somebody who thinks something different than us and say, "Well, they're wrong," and I don't. I don't want them to say their thing. Yeah, maybe that's the dilemma. Is we need to have a good definition of tolerance because I really do think that the uh, the kind of the popular meaning and places like social media and whatever else is influencing us has kind of changed uh, or has attempted to change the definition of tolerance. So, you know, maybe let's talk about that. Um, in preparing for you all, I, um, I had a class with a, a group of Christian young students couple of days ago from college, and we talked about tolerance. And so what I did was I Googled, and I just said, what is tolerance? And I Googled, and I took up like the first five or six definitions. And it was unbelievable. John and Kathy were all over the place. 
um, the definitions of tolerance, like DW.com, which is the German news website. It says to be tolerant means that you accept other people's opinions and preferences. And so when people hear that, they think, oh, yeah, that sounds reasonable. Or there was something on Amazon. It said the tolerance is the ability to not make judgments of other opinions, beliefs, or practices that differ from one's own. And so, you know, at first glance, things like that seem reasonable, but the question is this nuance of acceptance and does tolerance actually imply acceptance? Okay, so then, Tom, as a student of uh, the Bible, the Gospels, talk to us about tolerance through the lens of Jesus and the martyrs. Indeed. Um, so here, let's, we're going to get there, but let me just say this one thing. The, the question about tolerance implies something. So if we think about it in our daily life, you know, we shouldn't say, for instance, to someone that we agree with about something, you know, uh, I tolerate your, your opinion, because your opinion is the same as mine. So there's no reason for me to say, I tolerate your opinion. Well, we agree. So of course, I don't tolerate your opinion. I agree with your opinion. Tolerance implies a disagreement. And as long as we agree on that particular definition, then it's a little bit easier for us to understand what real Christian tolerance looks like. So the example that I like to use, or one of the examples, is Jesus. Jesus completely disagreed with the Pharisees. So we know, for instance, in John, he called them uh, pretty interesting uh, names that he used. He said that they were whitewashed sepulchers. He said that they were hypocrites, um, you know, that they were whitewashed tombs, that they were um, appearing outwardly righteous. Um, and, and he even accused them of, of being partakers of the, the blood of the prophets. But the question is, and this is really the, the Christian twist on tolerance, if I tolerate somebody as a Christian, I disagree with them, but then we have to look at the, the law of the Lord Jesus Christ. What does he say? He says, the, the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So what Christian tolerance looks like, first and foremost, is the example that the Lord Jesus Christ gives us, and that is loving your neighbor while still disagreeing with them. And that's, that's the big difference, because what the, I would say the world is trying to move us toward is to say, no, that's, that's not tolerance. Tolerance is when you accept what I believe. And that's not what tolerance is. Tolerance is, I disagree with what you believe. I disagree with what you stand for, but I still love you, and I'm not going to harm you over that. Mm-hmm. So this is something that we are, um, I think, by nature bad at because it's difficult. And maybe in today's culture, um, it's helping us to be even worse. Well, what we... 
I, I agree because I think that social media and the ability to respond very quickly um, is is instilling in us a kind of intolerance, right? Uh, that's the old joke. Why are you up so late uh, on the internet? Well, somebody's wrong, you know, and I have to <laughs> I have to prove that they're wrong, right? And yeah. and. What happens is in in these arguments where we disagree with somebody, especially if we are trying to assert the Christian point of view, they will say, well, what happened to your your God's idea of love? What about judge not? You're judging me by uh, disagreeing with me. You're judging me by saying that I'm wrong. But, you know, we have to we have to step back and say, okay. You know, what does that scripture say about judging? It says, when, you know, I don't want to judge someone, I want to judge their eternal salvation, I don't want to judge their their kind of, uh, you know, state before God, but I can discern what they are saying if, if I look at myself first. Jesus says, hypocrite, remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. So if I can approach someone in humility, in, in, in calmness, in peace, have my facts straight, have a calm discussion with somebody, and disagree with them, I actually can get to a place where I tolerate them and still love them, but disagree with them, because that's what the Lord tells us to do. Father Tom Soroka is with us from St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. So, Tom, um, let's go back and uh, open up that uh, box about the martyrs, because uh, things did not really end too well for the Christian martyrs, did they? Well, I, I would say that the it depends on how you look at it, right? So um, I, I think of somebody like St. Ignatius the God-bearer. So St. Ignatius was actually a disciple of, of the uh, Apostle John. So he was actually brought to Christ by the Apostle John. He learned at the feet of the Apostle John, and he became a great leader in the Church. And he's one of the first uh, examples, post-scriptural examples, of faith in Christ and what that cost him. So, yes, it did cost him his life, But what we look at in the life of the martyrs, what we look at in the life of Christ, in the life of the apostles, is the idea that I am secure in what I believe, and I am going to preach that. We have the example of the Apostle Paul, where he goes all over the world and all over the known world and preaches. And of course, all the other apostles did that too. But Ignatius gives, I think, a very interesting example, because what he does is he is brought before the emperor, um, and the emperor keeps saying, look, you have to sacrifice to the idols. You know, and that was, of course, all of the, all of the uh, Christians were forced to sacrifice to the idols. But the emperor said, you got to sacrifice to the idols, or I'm going to throw you to the wild beasts. So what he does, here's the tolerant part. He actually appears before the emperor, and he has this discussion with the emperor, and he gives a reason for the hope that is within him before the emperor. But in the end, he doesn't actually resist 
this death uh, for the sake of Christ. Of course, neither does Stephen. We have that. But neither does the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and so it says that uh, as St. Ignatius was being uh, thrown to his death, there were lions released uh, in, the, in the, the, the place where he was, and these lions tore him to pieces. And St. Ignatius, it says that he gloried in that because he became like bread. He became like a, a food to them so that they would also, so he would be able to offer himself like, uh, like wheat that was ground up. And it says that he was unceasingly repeating the name of Jesus Christ. And he said that this name was written in his heart when he confessed him with his lips. So, you know, tolerance means that we are not going to change our mind about things of God. We are not going to change what we understand about Jesus, about about God, about the church. These are things that are written in our hearts. And because I will treat you with respect, even though you disagree with me, I will even die for that. That's really what tolerance looks like. Tolerance is difficult because our passions get inflamed and we want to get angry and we want to get mad. But Jesus says, look, don't do that. Look at, the, look at the log in your own eye. Look at the plank in your eye. That person has a speck in their eye in comparison to your own sins. However, you love them like a brother. You stand up for what is right. You stand for, you know, before whomever you have to do, and you call on my name, and I will save you. And that's really, um, that's the icon, that's the image of Christian tolerance, is to say, these are the things that I believe. I love you no matter what. And um, this, is, this is the truth. Whether you want to accept it or not, I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to stop loving you. I think we've all had uh, instances, for instance, on Facebook or whatever we're at, where somebody disagrees with us, and then they all of a sudden we find out they blocked us, right? You know, that's, not, that's not tolerance. That's, that's intolerance. But let's not allow the world to define tolerance for us. And that is that we have to accept the things of the world. Jesus says, if, if you were of the world, the world would love its own. But because you are not of the world, I chose you out of the world. Therefore, the world hates you. And every time we give testimony to Christ and to the things of Christ, we have to remember that promise of the Lord Jesus. Wow, that is really good. Father Tom Soroka, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in McKees Rocks. Um, Father Tom, before you leave us, talk about um, what you guys are doing, if you're meeting, what your services are like, and if you've got an online presence as well. Thank you for asking. Um, That, you know, we have been back at church, but we do have limited space. So what we've done is we've kind of split our congregation into two different services. At least we have several services throughout the week, but we basically have our main service on now Saturday and Sunday. So a lot of the congregation comes on Saturday and then more of the congregation comes on Sunday. We social distance, we encourage masks, um, but we are worshiping as we always had because, um, and I know we talked about this before, but I want to say, the online worship 
is very difficult for us as Orthodox Christians. Our worship is kind of, um, it's incarnational, so we need sure. to be able we need to be able to um, uh, kind of see each other and be with one another, so we do the best that we can when we do that. And yes, we are on YouTube. If you look up Orthodox Pittsburgh on YouTube, you can see our divine liturgies there. Very good. Well, Tom, always a pleasure. Thanks so much for your wisdom and uh, your time here with us, especially this this message today on tolerance. Very timely, very well done. We appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Love you both. Bye. Love you too. Father Tom Soroka, St. Nicholas Orthodox Church in the Rocks, McKees Rocks, Pennsylvania. Let's take a break, come back. I think it's important we talk about Alex Trebek. That's next. Our Faith and Family Mortgage Team is kind of like a pro football team. They've got their own language, Blue 42, Omaha, Z-Post Dive, and we've got our own language, DTI, PMI, or Cash Out Refinance in Omaha. They've got fancy end zone dances like the Icky Shuffle and the Salsa. And my dad has his happy customer dance. I call it the Awkward Shuffle by a man who loves chips and salsa. But maybe the biggest similarity is that we both have special advantages. They've got world-class athleticism and talent, and we definitely don't. But we do have a special direct lender advantage. Our team is part of a company that uses its own money and makes its own lending decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. And this advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, saving you monthly and lifelong money. Come get a mortgage touchdown at United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to bamboohr.com slash HR. This is a limited offer only available to radio listeners at bamboohr.com slash HR. That's bamboohr.com slash HR. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. 
Well, even though everybody knew that Alex Trebek had pancreatic cancer, it still came as a shock of the passing of Alex Trebek. You kind of, you know, sort of following along and praying and hoping and thinking, you know, maybe he'll beat this thing. He was still continuing to produce live shows. Uh, so many are in the can. His last show, uh, oddly enough, is scheduled for December 25th. Really? Christmas Day will be the, the last show. The producers of the, the show said that they have no plans as of yet for a replacement. We're just focused on Alex's family and uh, upholding his legacy as one of the icons of American oh. or even worldwide television. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I, I Good night. I mean, what a constant presence. I remember, you know, Jeopardy being on what? When, what year did it start? Jeopardy? Yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, maybe back in the 50s. But when did Alex start doing it? Oh, 37 years ago. 37 years. Yeah. And before that, you know, he was a host of other game shows. He bounced around a little bit before, you know, the show was given him, you know, to hold and to have and to work. Okay, so he's so been around. What, okay. So what was, what was his magic? That he did not have to be the smartest guy. His ego wasn't really that involved. And he was good-natured enough to just gently push things forward mm-hmm. and let those people shine, the nerds among us. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a good way to put it. I'd I'd also say that he was he was intellectually rigorous enough to be able to manage things, mm-hmm. but didn't hold that too tightly. Right. Um, you know how in Philippians says, and I'm not trying to you know obviously equate. Um, Alex Trebek to Jesus, but I do, I do think it's it's an illustration from Jesus' life. Jesus didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, mm-hmm. but instead he emptied himself and made himself nothing. I think that that's a beautiful character quality that people have when they don't count their attribute or their connection as something to be used as a weapon or something to be even you know used to further themselves or to even give them a standing. It was just he he didn't he didn't have to prove it. He oh. just, he was able to manage things. He was competent. He was intelligent enough to be in the room and be the person in charge, but he didn't have to be the smartest person in the room. However, can you imagine being Alex Trebek just out and about and every little bit of a coconut approaches you with a Jeopardy themed question in the Jeopardy style, trying to stump poor Alex Trebek? That would I mean, be really annoying. That must have gone on endlessly right right hey i saw alex trebek and i stumped him right yeah i told him so did, did alex have children and uh you know his fa- i don't know anything about his family uh he had t- two children mm-hmm. okay and uh you know in the way of hollywood uh, he was married a couple of times but um neither here nor there just a fabulous guy i really just you know who's gonna take that place i don't know maybe that, nobody that was, i mean seriously uh Jeopardy was kind of must-watch TV for generations of people. I mean, do you have memories of watching it? Okay, well, this is, this is funny. So I remember one time being sick when my kids were really little. Yeah. And, you know, they were maybe, I don't know, two and five. And so I r- ran them all day yeah. so that we could go to bed early. And I clearly remember getting into my bed with both of my kids, and I put, like, a little movie on for them, and I was sick. And I, and I thought to myself, I got in bed. It was 7.10, and I thought – wow, I'm getting into bed while Jeopardy's on. <laughs> now, keep in mind, we weren't watching Jeopardy. My kids had never seen Jeopardy, but in my head. It was Jeopardy time. It was Jeopardy time. 
Yeah, because that's, that's just what it was when I was growing up, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, and I thought, I thought Wheel of Fortune isn't even on yet, and I'm in bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so all the platitudes have been coming in. There's one clip I saw of a bunch of nerds, these three nerds from Jeopardy, and the, the category was National Football League Teams. Okay. They went down the board, and the three contestants – stood there at every question and stared into the abyss. They didn't know any of them. It was fabulous. That's so and awesome. Alex Trebek was wonderful about it as well. Right. So Let's they know forward. every obscurity about like French literature and biochemistry and the right. geography of the Middle East. And when it comes to football, they're useless. No. And of course, of course, you know, say what you will about Saturday Night Live, but the Alex Trebek Jeopardy oh. skits on SNL, they are priceless. Classic. Sean Connery, who just, I mean, just really incredibly funny stuff. So uh, God bless Alex Trebek Mm -hmm. and the legacy that he leaves behind for all of us. One oh one point five W O R D F M Pittsburgh on your smart speaker by saying play the word Pittsburgh and on your phone via the word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Trump has fired Defense Secretary Mark Esper. Esper, the president's second defense secretary, succeeding Jim Mattis, who resigned in 2018. Christopher Miller, the director of the National Counterterrorism Center, will serve as acting secretary. HUD Secretary Ben Carson has tested positive for the coronavirus. Carson, the first member of President Trump's cabinet known to have tested positive. Pfizer may be the first to develop a COVID-19 vaccine, early data suggesting its vaccine may be 90% effective. The University of Notre Dame has implemented mandatory coronavirus testing for students and strict penalties for those who don't comply. That's after students rushed the school's football field to celebrate a double overtime upset of Clemson over the weekend. Stocks finishing mixed today. The Dow gained 834 points. The Nasdaq lost 181. This is SRN News. Parents, let's be honest. Many high school and college-age kids seem to have little direction these days. That might be true for your son or daughter. They spend a lot of time gaming, hanging with friends, but nothing seems to lead them on a path to adulthood. You may want them to go to a four-year university, but their grades just don't warrant it. Their lack of passion and direction makes you wonder if a four-year university would even be a wise investment. Here's a better route to consider. The Facilities Management HVAC or Electronics Training Program available through SalemCareerHub.com. They'll learn real-life work skills that are marketable and in high demand right now. And at SalemCareerHub.com, you can sign up for these courses at 50% off their regular price. Talk it over with your kids and get them out of the basement. They're probably as anxious as you are to move forward and just need a little push. The place to start, SalemCareerHub.com. You can also call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or SalemCareerHub.com. By now, you've heard me talk about my pillow and how it literally changed my life. Hey, this is John Hall. My pillow does not go flat. You can wash and dry them as many times as you want. They maintain their shape and they're made in the USA. And for a limited time, Mike Lindell is offering his premium my pillows for as low as prices ever. 
you can get a standard queen premium my pillow for just 29.98 originally 69.98 that's a $40 savings and kings are only $5 more not only are you getting the lowest price ever 29.98 for a standard queen but mike is extending his 60 day money back guarantee to march 1st 2021 go to mypillow.com click on the radio listener square use promo code word or you can call 1-800-391-094. You'll find all the MyPillow products at MyPillow.com. But by calling right now at 1-800-391-094, promo code word, you'll get yours soon. What if I told you you could save a child's life for just $28? Well, it's true. Preborn is a ministry doing just that with the help of people just like you by offering free ultrasound sessions to pregnant women and girls who might otherwise choose to end their pregnancy. We know that pregnant girls and women who can see their babies on ultrasound are far more likely to choose life. Your gift today can save babies' lives. Just $28 can give a mother who is abortion-minded the chance to see the truth of the baby that is growing inside her. $140 can do that for five girls and women. And a $15,000 gift will provide an ultrasound machine that will save lives for years to come. Whether you want to save one baby or five or hundreds, that opportunity is just a phone call or click away. There's no better time than now to save a baby's life. And right now, your gift is matched dollar for dollar, doubling your impact. Call 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or give online at preborn.org slash radio. Tonight will be clear and mild. We'll see a low tonight of 56. Tomorrow will be warm with temperatures breaking the record of 73 set back in 1939. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 75. Tomorrow night will be warm with cloudy skies, occasional late night rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Wednesday, cloudy, remaining warm with showers. Wednesday will reach a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along for the Monday edition. Gorgeous day out there. Indian summer continues, at least for one more day. And, uh, you know, the news is always a mixed bag, but you try to find the good news in the midst of all the chaos. And I think really for a lot of people, the good news is that they're that the uh, drug company Pfizer today, say what you will about the timing of it all, but they're saying that they have a release of a COVID vaccine that would be coming out perhaps uh, late this year for first responders and early next for all of us. That's really good news. Oh my gosh. And not only is that great news that it, you know, is in process and it looks like it could become available but the fact that its efficacy is like over 90%, I mean, that yeah. puts it in the measles category. You know, the, the flu vaccine, you have to get on a yearly basis because it's, you know, about 50% effective. Right. That's somewhere in the 50s, right? Um, measles, I think, is 93. Wow. So 90%, yeah. right? Uh, the f- early look at the ongoing trial provides a glimpse into the real world performance of uh, one of the four coronavirus vaccines. So this is not the only one. Of course, there's been multiple vaccines, but this is the leading candidate Mm -hmm. based upon that 90% and its readiness. It's already in production in many ways. So those trials going on. 
Yeah, for each one of the um, of the people producer people, the companies, corporations uh, producing the vaccine, they have been producing it in mass quantity, so that once it was approved, they would have a certain number of million doses all ready to go. Right. So the good news is that it's uh, in production. And um, let's hope, right, that's going to have a major impact yes. on COVID. And uh, I mean, people are already, you know, chiming in. UPMC is talking about it, the distribution, how it might work. Um, hopefully this time next year, this will be a horrid memory that we'll now oh. have to revisit, right? God help us, yes. Right. Okay, so 400 years ago, as the um, epidemic plagued London, another pandemic, forcing theaters and other public places to shudder, Shakespeare got to work where, you know, as prolific as Shakespeare was, he started to write King Lear and Macbeth among five other pieces of uh, his plays that were done during a pandemic. Really? Yep. King Lear, Macbeth, and five other plays. Remarkable achievement. And so what's it going to look like? I mean, when you you look at sort of the catalog of people that are, especially creatives, that are shuttered away Mm -hmm. and focusing on this societal despair, what will be the artworks that come from that? Whether it's literature or film or novels or whatever, some great things are in store for us because, you know, as a diamond is made under pressure, so will great arts, great artworks be made during this pressure cooker mm-hmm. of intense time. Right. Well, th- boy, doesn't that give you some hope? Yeah, of course. That's really terrific. I, I, I've often thought about how humans have choices to either maximize what's happening to them or waste it. Right. And so, you know, I have a certain number of friends who I've watched since the pandemic started really become better and richer in their skill level because they've taken the time to be consistent, you know, and not just kind of tread water and waiting for the COVID-19 era to end. Right. Because we, of course, you know, we're always saying, well, when I've got more time, when I've got more time, well, I think for a lot of us, though, time is going on pretty regularly. The mm-hmm. only difference is that we are separated from each other, right? Right. So right. our free time is spent not in communion with each other, but at home. And that focus is turning, we think, into some positive things. Yeah. Do you yeah. think that, have you found yourself, would you say, more creative during this time or, or what? I mean, has there been a benefit, I guess, is probably the fairer question for you. Right. A benefit of COVID. What would that be? I think, you know, looking back this time, you know, next year. Oh, because quite honestly, I can't answer that question. I can't say, oh, yeah, undoubtedly, you know, this wonderful thing has sprung, you know, from my fertile or infertile. Right. Right. And maybe Shakespeare would not have thought that Macbeth was that great either. You know what I mean? I, I, don't, I, know. You know, I don't I don't know that. Yeah. I, I'm just wondering. I, I think the thing that I've noticed the most that has so drastically altered in my life is that I just don't have I just was frenetically traveling between places mm-hmm. before COVID and, um, you know, driving to work, driving home, driving, yes. right, driving to, you know, church, driving home, driving to rehearsal because I, you know, do church music and driving home and driving my kids to and driving home. I just, that it was like somebody just brought a curtain down on that and then I just didn't drive anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I have often thought to myself, I don't, I really don't ever want to go back to being that busy again. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird because 
when you think about the early days, and of course, the weird thing is the early days, when you think of the early days of, you know, late March, April, May, when you'd go out on the roads and there'd be no, there'd be nobody there. there, nobody out there. Well, now look, uh, according to, you know, health department and CDC, those numbers that were happening in April and May, uh, they're being sort of superseded Eclipsed, now yep, by the numbers right. that are out there right now. So it's so hard to, you know, what is right? What is good? How do you live? Yep. What's the truth? You know, mask up or not. I mean, there's all these things that are still going on and no one has had a definitive answer and say, this is exactly what we need to do. Yeah, no, you're right. No one has a definitive answer, but I will say the thing that makes this era different than the spring is just that, thank goodness for all of the research and clinical practice that's happened between right. now and then, is that there's so much of a better outlook for someone who has COVID now than back in February. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's really a whole different picture. And so that gives people more confidence in being able to say, okay, well, if I get it, you know, um, I'll survive it. I'll Hopefully survive my it. odds are much better to survive right. it now in November as they were in April or May. Right, right. Yeah, no so we owe that to all of the people who went to work every day, mm -hmm. right? Who were working in GLAT, who were working in labs and ERs and on COVID wards and doctors who were writing uh, papers that were going to be, you know, professionally reviewed. And I mean, all of those things, thank God, happened so consistently that we have a different clinical picture now than we did then. I'm into that. All right, let's take a quick break, please. Uh, this is the Monday edition of The Ride Home. Tony Turner is with us. She's a pastor here in the city of Pittsburgh. May love bring us together. That's next, The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on 101.5 Word FM. 101.5 WORD. Love is the foundation of any strong marriage. But what kind of love are we talking about? The Bible describes love as patient and kind, not self-serving, not keeping a record of wrongs, and so on. Does that sound like your marriage? We'll talk more on the next edition of Family Life Today about how to cultivate biblical love in marriage. Tomorrow morning at 9 on 101.5 Word FM, W-O-R-D. Still paying outrageous premiums for your health insurance? Or maybe you settled with a ministry plan, some short-term medical or limited benefit plan that lacks the coverage you need? This is Kathy Emmons for my friends at Marley Financial. Every agency offers the same stuff, well, except for Marley. Marley Financial now offers a unique ACA clone that looks, feels, and most importantly, acts just like a Blue Cross plan. In fact, it's even better. You can go to any hospital or facility anywhere in the country. They'll actually waive your deductible for inpatient and surgery. Does your plan do that? Plus, they can customize your plan to reduce your costs for the rest of your life. Contact Marley Financial today, 724-884-1496. You don't have to wait till open enrollment, 724-884-1496, or visit MarleyFG.com. Nobody does health insurance like Marley, 724-884-1496. At Fisher Investments, we do things differently, and other money managers don't understand why. Because our way works great for us. But it may not work for your clients. That's why Fisher Investments is a fiduciary obligated to put clients first. It's the highest standard for a financial advisor. So what do you provide? Cookie cutter portfolios like the rest of us? No cookie cutter portfolios here. Fisher Investments tailors portfolios to meet each client's goals and needs. But you do sell investments that earn you high commissions, right? And make commissions when you make trades for your clients? No. 
Fisher Investments doesn't sell any commission investment products, and we never earn commissions on trades. So what's in it for you? Fisher Investments fees are structured so we do better when our clients do better. When it comes to helping clients achieve a comfortable retirement, we're clearly different. Visit FisherInvestments.com to find out why investors like you switch to us. Fisher Investments, clearly different money management. Investments in securities involve the risk of loss. Hey, are you guys open? Yeah, yeah, we are. Come on in. As businesses reopen across the nation, is your business prepared for what comes next? Salem Surround can help. COVID-19 brought America's thriving economy to a screeching halt. But now, local businesses are getting back to normal. Are you ready for the return to business and all that pent-up consumer demand? Contact Salem Surround. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. We've been told time and time again, and I think you can see the results, that uh, we are uh, more fractured as a nation probably than we've ever been, maybe, well, since the Civil War. You hear that and you kind of think, how can that even be? But when you look at the results of the election, you see, I mean, it's pretty much 50-50, our passions, our desires, our wants, our needs, all that. And there it is, I mean, in red and blue before us. What about love in all this mix? And not love is the hallmark kind, but true love. How does that work in our own lives, in our own hearts to sort this out, especially as followers of Jesus Christ? Well, Tony Turner is with us. Tony is a pastor, a counselor, a teacher here in the city of Pittsburgh, here today to talk to us about may love bring us together. Tony, friend, welcome back. How are you today? Hi, good, John. How are you doing? I can't complain. Happy that you're with us, Tony. Oh, Tony, thanks. you, yeah, Tony, you've written um, what pretty much I would expect you to write, which is that, you know, now that we have uh, pretty much, we think, hopefully decided who the next president's going to be, um, that we need to avoid the thought that maybe we have taken a step forward when it comes to caring for one another, people of different races in the church. And you're saying, look, we have, still have a long way to go. Hey, Kathy, you know what? Um, I just I started the Gracism Task Force like even before the election and all of this, and I've been saying the same thing. But even before I said it, Jesus said it, and we, as the body of Christ, uh, we need to go back to what Jesus said. You know, because I don't care who wins an election. Um, as I, you know, wrote the other day, I, you know, I don't care how much ink you put in the ovals. We <laughs> that that doesn't bring peace. The only thing that's going to bring peace is the Prince of Peace, and we who are Christians, we have the advantage that we can know Him. We can know Him personally. He's a living God. You know, He's not a piece of paper with ovals. He's not somebody sitting in an office that's only got a human perspective, but He sees everything. And um, you know, we we as Christians need to be encouraging one another in the Word of God. We need to get back to our first works, you know. And I'm saying now that the election is over, so we think, I mean, I, I, we have no idea yet, really. Um, but w- what I'm saying is now that it's over, can we breathe? Can we get back to what Jesus said in the first place, the very first, the greatest commandment? the greatest. Notice I said greatest. You know, we have great, greater, and greatest. The greatest commandment is to love. 
And there has never been so much hate floating around, even within the body of Christ. I just, um, I, I grieve, you know, because I know that the Lord grieves, you know, that we are so hateful toward one another. And um, notice how you know, a lot of people think that all I talk about is, you know, race and the race is getting along. It's so much more than that. It is that, first of all, we are, we belong to God. We are his children. And you have children. John has We have children. Nothing pleases us more than to see them getting along together. And right? we need to be about making that happen. We need to do what we can do. You know, whoever's in the White House can't make us get along, but we have to choose that. Yeah. And then Jesus Tony, said that when we do that, that makes what we do perceptive. It's something that, that the world can see. You know, right now they're not seeing it. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, the prescription is pretty straightforward, but the reality mm-hmm. of the execution is mm-hmm. so complex because Tony, we can't even get along with our own selves. I mean, I'm just talking about us, you know, mm-hmm. me getting along with me. And mm-hmm. so then I multiply that as I go out into the world to my wife, to my children, to my coworkers or whatnot. I mean, there's just our sin runs so deep and so hard. And of course, now you lay on top of this, you know, election and then pandemic where all of a sudden your neighbor is suspect of carrying, you know, a deadly virus. So it's no wonder we're out of control. And instead of reaching out towards each other, as we would normally want to do, we are especially now unable and or unwilling. You know, as, as a a mental health uh, clinician, I know that what happens with us is that we, if we get on emotional overload, Okay, if we if our emotions are too high, whether we're too happy, too sad, too frightened, too, you know, I mean, all the emotions that come up, if we're on overload, we can't think straight. Our our ability to concentrate, our ability to to have to have mental energy, it's it's all drained if we allow those emotions to take precedence. Now, we as as Christians, we have an access to the Word of God, which tells us to cast our cares on God. How many times have you heard that this year? Mm-hmm. How many times, really? Mm-hmm. You know, how many times have you heard that, you know, that we are to fear not? And, and I'm not saying that those things are not something that are frightening. What I am saying is, when God tells me to fear not, I know that there's something coming that's going to be a little fearful. So my thing is, okay, how do I, how do I meet that in the opposite uh, direction? He's given us the Holy Spirit that can lead us and guide us and teach us and instruct us. We have got to go back to the Word of God. We cannot expect the world or anything of the world to possibly give us clear direction. You know, it says, it says in uh, uh, Romans 12 clearly, don't be formed by the patterns of the world, but be transformed. Allow yourself to be changed. Trans means change. Change by the Spirit of God, the Word of God. And he wants us to to be conformed to the image of Christ. Now, Christ knew what was coming for him, and yet he took the time to pray for us. Help me with that. John, how many people 
would you be praying for? Maybe you pray for your children, you know, but you wouldn't pray for the whole world. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't pray for the church to be one. That wouldn't be the top thing, but that was his top priority. We've got to make it ours to become one. And he says, in, in, in the book says in Ephesians, it says, now, you're, you, we want you to be built up into the unity of the faith. But in chapter 6, it says, but you're going to have warfare. And that's where all the fracture comes from. Tony, Tony, I need to interrupt you. Tony Turner's with us, Pittsburgh-based pastor, counselor, and teacher, head of the Gracism Task Force. Tony, I want to ask you to tell the story about your dad and uh, his Mm -hmm. baptism. Would you do that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I will. Uh, My father was was majorly cranky. He was born uh, during the Depression. He was not a welcome baby. But what he was was another mouth to feed during the Depression. And uh, his parents, at least one of them, was extremely cranky. And he was not raised with, uh, you know, with, with affirmation. He was not raised, you know, in positivity. And so he grew up that way. He couldn't even tell when you were agreeing with him. That's how argumentative he was. But he heard a message on, uh, on baptism. He thought that he had been baptized because he was raised in the church, too, okay? But what he heard was a message on baptism, which said that you had to be saved first and then be baptized. And so he said, whoa, you know, I mean, he had he had asbestosis, so he knew that his time was short. And so he said, I, I, let me go get baptized. He took off, you know, his uh, oxygen. He went uh, and got baptized. He came up out of the water a nice man. He came up out of the water, having been radically changed, and sat down with my mother, and he said, tell me about the way I treated you all those years. He talked to me for the first time in my whole entire life. Instead of talking at me, he talked to me, and he listened to me. He was a, he became the father, the husband that we wanted all of our lives. Christ can make a difference if we let him. Tony, when you witnessed that transformation in your father after your baptism, I mean, it had to be unbelievable to you to think this was the same man that I've been surrounded with all these years. Now he's a new creation. In his 80s, you know, in his 80s, he, he changed like that. Absolutely. And isn't that what the scripture says? You know, we are to be new creations. Not, you know, I shouldn't, when I respond to things that happen, I don't need to respond as someone who doesn't know him. But if I, if I haven't taken the time to know him, and that's what the definition of eternal life is in John 17, knowing God, knowing him. And that's what Jesus came, was to give us access to knowing God. So now the church needs to be about that, because we still have some time. Not a whole lot, but we do have some time. Okay, so Tony, talk about what that's going to take, because, um, you know, if we're standing on opposite sides of the aisle or opposite sides of the street, or we're in different churches and we kind of shout, I shout my thing and you shout your thing. Different races. It's not going to help us to really understand each other any better. What's going to help us understand one another, um, Kathy, is when we get together, put down our weapons, put down all the stuff that divides us, just leave that outside the door, step into the same room and talk and listen. doesn't matter if I say, if you say everything that, you know, I can agree with, okay, then that's 
not really going to clear anything up. I need to know what you really feel. I need to know what you've been through. I need to know how that's hurt you. I need to listen, like my dad, listen to my mom. You know, all of a sudden, just him asking her to tell me how I treated you, how did that make you feel, that brought a measure of healing to her even before she had a chance to open her mouth and respond. Hmm. So we've got to be willing to, you know, just face-to-face, even if it is FaceTime, whatever it is, we've got to be willing to listen to each other and to be willing to hear. I can't hold you accountable for what you don't know. And I can't think that I know what you know or don't know until you tell me. You know, so we've got to have, we've got to give each other that space to be able to be clear. Okay, this is what I've gone through. Everybody who's black has not gone through the same thing. Everybody who's white has not gone through the same thing. Some of us have been through the same things, and we do know what each other feels like, and some of us have not a clue, but we don't know until we come together genuinely without expecting the other person to change. I can't expect you to suddenly talk like a black person, whatever that means, or you can't expect me suddenly to be you know, act white, whatever that means, you know, it, it's that I, you're, you're a Presbyterian, uh, somebody else is a Baptist, you can still be a Baptist and a Presbyterian, but still, because of Christ, you can still be one. I'm into that. Tony, thanks so much. I mean, in these weird and fractured times, uh, I know that as you speak the words of truth and Christ, that there are millions that are just like you out there. So uh, let's multiply that again and again and again. Uh, I really appreciate the words of love and wisdom and clarity that you've come with us today. Always a pleasure. Oh, thanks for having me. Tony Turner. She's a pastor, counselor, a teacher. You can look for our online, the Gracism Task Force, Tony Turner. What is us? Us is a foundation. Us is the future. Us is a bond. But right now, that bond is frayed. And we need a place that could make it whole. From diabetes prevention to safety around water. The Y fills the gaps. And bridges our divides. But they can't do it without us. Donate today. Because where there's a Y, there's an us. Read by members of the Y. The Y for a better us. How's your pandemic going? This holding pattern that a lot of us are in. Do you have a silver lining in all of this right now? What is your silver lining? I mean, hopefully you're not feeling too trapped. Your burden not too heavy, hemmed in by the restrictions of it all. And no doubt, like everybody, you're thinking about finances a lot. Those things occupy all of our thoughts. Here it is, autumn. I keep on hearing this phrase, amidst historically low rates, and I'm not quite sure what all that means. What does it mean for you? Check out United Faith Mortgage online, United Faith Mortgage. Whether it's refinancing, cash out refinancing, VA loans, you're going to buy a house. United Faith Mortgage, this small family of John, Ryan, Denise, Barbara, they set you up, honest, direct, you're good to go with a lender advantage. Look for it online, United Faith Mortgage, and ease your burden, United Faith Mortgage. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York, MLS number 1330, Department of Banking, Mortgage Lender License number 22672. John, I talked to my daughter today who's a student at Grove City, and uh, we were talking about her grades. You know, it's a little more than halfway through. Her midterms were last week, and I said, so, you know, how's it going? And she said, Mom, I had the greatest meeting with my guidance counselor. 
And I said, guidance counselor. It's not really a guidance counselor. It's like your advisor when you get to college, advisor, right? Yeah, right, right. And I said, what was so great about it? And she said, well, what I couldn't believe is like he was up to date on what I was doing. Like he knew how I was doing in each one of my classes. He knew the professors I had. He knew some of the things I had talked to him about before. She said, I, all of a sudden, I felt like I didn't have to go in and like tell him how things were going. He already knew how things were going. And so it was an opportunity for us to kind of get to know each other better. And I thought to myself, John, that's what I missed in my college experience. And that's what I'm so glad my kids are getting is that type of individualized attention that just as an adult reaching out to a student and saying, hey, I know where you are. Let's talk about it. That's powerful. So Grove City College, big enough to know it's a university and there's great intellectual stew there, but small enough that you're known by the people who are supposed to look out for you and shepherd you. Listen, both Kath and I, our kids go there. We love it. Look online for next year at Grove City College, gcc.edu. That is Grove City College. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will be clear and mild. We'll see a low tonight of 56. Tomorrow will be warm with temperatures breaking the record of 73 set back in 1939. We'll see intervals of clouds and sunshine, high 75. Tomorrow night will be warm with cloudy skies, occasional late night rain and a thunderstorm, low 62. Wednesday, cloudy, remaining warm with showers. Wednesday will reach a high of 68. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. That song means it's time for us to ask one another the question, does this make sense? Does it make sense? And I'm thinking of one thing in particular, John, yeah. and um, it's the spork. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I want to know what you think about the spork and whether you think it makes sense. Have you ever been somewhere and you know you need a utensil? Right, like you're driving somewhere and you're looking in your glove box and you go, wait a second, I'm going to eat this. I needed a spoon or a fork. I thought I had that thing from Chick Fil A in here, and now it's not. Now what am I going to do? So I believe that the spork makes perfect sense because it does double duty. I mean, who doesn't need a spoon that can double up as as a fork? Yes, I am pro spork. It makes sense, Kath. Me too. Yeah. I love a spork. Yeah, it's yeah. everything you need. I wonder, was the spork patented by someone? I mean, does somebody own the spork? I don't. It's a good question. It's a good question. I listen when I was when I travel overseas. I always carry a spork because you never know. <laughs> I mean, of all the things to think about, like you know, you're going to Tunisia and you're stopped at the border, and they'll go, "This is this an element of terror?" No, I it's a spork. always. Always. Really? Ever. On my person, have a spork. <laughs> well, God bless you. I never knew that about you. I'm glad mm-hmm. to know. All right. Okay. Uh, speaking of food mm-hmm. or food-related utensils, minute rice. Oh, yeah. Or instant pudding. Mm-hmm. Or instant baby food. I mean, I get it back in the late 50s and the 60s when science 
became like a big thing. And all of a sudden we needed something expedient quickly. We're in a hurry. Well, now, I mean, we've been there. We've done that. Is all that instant stuff really any good? And truly, does it make sense to crush your taste buds with that? No. I say no. I say no to white and minute rice when you can. How hard is rice to make? (laughs) Unless you're a kid stuck in a college dorm somewhere and you don't have a spork to your name, forget about the minute rice. That does not make sense. 101.5 WORD. Once I figured out. You know, it was a little boy. Then I heard his heartbeat like I just cried. You guys helped me make my mind up. You've heard that seeing is believing. That's certainly true when it comes to pregnancies. It's been shown that abortion-minded women who see their babies on an ultrasound are likely to have that baby. Today, you can provide a free ultrasound for a pregnant woman for just $28, the cost to save the life of a baby. So whether you want to save one or five or hundreds of babies, Word FM and Preborn are here to help. Call today, 833-850-BABY, or go to wordfm.com. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 844-45-BIBLE. That's 844-45-BIBLE. 844-45-BIBLE. Hello, I'm Franklin Graham. This year has been a pandemic year. Children are hurting all over the world. People are afraid. Families are scared. People have lost their jobs. They don't know where to go, what to do. They don't know what hope they have for the future. Well, I want every child to know that God loves them, that God has not forgotten them, and that He cares for them very much. And when you pack a shoebox and send it to Operation Christmas Child, it gives us an opportunity to give that box to a child and do it in Jesus' name. Can you just imagine the hope and the thrill and the joy when a kid opens up a lid like this and all these toys are in it? It's an incredible gift. And so I just want to say thank you. We need your help this year more than we've ever needed it because of the pandemic. It's just going to create a lot more opportunity. We need more boxes this year than ever. We'll use every one of them. Visit our website, SamaritansPurse.org, to discover how you can pack shoeboxes and share the hope of Jesus Christ with children this year. I'm Dr. Andrea Russo, a cardiologist. Maybe you're waiting to talk to your doctor right now. But if you're having an irregular heartbeat, heart racing, chest pain, shortness of breath, fatigue, or lightheadedness, don't wait. This could be a serious condition like atrial fibrillation, which can make you about five times more likely to have a stroke. If you're having these symptoms, don't wait. Talk to a doctor by phone, online, or in person. Brought to you by Bristol-Myers Squibb and Pfizer. Well, if you're looking for a time in history to fear things, you've landed in the right time. Sign us up, please. Take a number. 
are a lot of things to be afraid of right now. I mean, I mean, there always are, but it just seems like right now, I guess it's, you know, the whole pandemic, you know, scourge that's afflicting us on all sides. It just makes you mm. think, oh, like worst, the election, worst, right on the election and everything else. Worst case scenario all the time. That's why we've invited Christina Fox to the program. Christina is a counselor, a writer, a retreat speaker and author of several books, including A Holy Fear, Trading Lesser Fears for the Fear of the Lord. Christina, welcome. Hi, thanks. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, our pleasure. Thanks, Christina. Hey, Christina, uh, years ago, I had a friend. Um, I'm living in the city. I'm probably in my late 20s. And my friend was a terrific guy, but he would have these bouts, you know, that I, he would wrestle with of depression or bipolar or whatever. You know, we, we didn't know what it was. We just knew that Tommy was a really great guy. But when Tommy got weird, he got a little crazy. And I remember going to Tommy's apartment one time and knocking on Tommy's door. And he opened the door just a little crack for me. And I saw his eyeball just sticking out there in the little crack in the door. And I said, Tommy, come on, come on outside. He's, he said, no, John, it's bad out there. Fear is everywhere. And I mean, it kind of scared me, but I mean, I get, I think about that whenever I get scared, when I personally get scared in my own life, I think of Tommy and you know, that all enveloping thing, but it's one thing to be fearful of the world and all the uh, Royals of it and the insanity it's another thing entirely to know the Lord, to be with the Lord, and then to also fear the Lord. Can you talk about that? About we as Christians, we tend to sort of sugarcoat the Lord, and we forget about the truth of the fear of the Lord in his almighty stature. Yes, that's a, that's a topic of my book, A Holy Fear, just exploring um, what that means, because it is a phrase that you read over and over in the Bible, fear the Lord. And it can be confusing because when I think of the word fear, I think of, you know, what you just mentioned of just being terrified, of cowering in the corner, that sort of thing. And and so uh, I really appreciated the opportunity to dig into that topic and uh, just explore what the Bible says about it. And one of the things about the fear of the Lord is that um, for Christians, uh, as We've been adopted um, by the Father. We have His children. And so the fear we have of Him isn't that fear of, you know, cowering in the corner, uh, panic-filled kind of fear, but um, it's one of awe and wonder and reverence. Um, And as I dug deeper into the topic, I saw that, you know, it includes even more than that. It includes um, love and adoration and trust um, and worship of the Lord. Um, so it really is, you know, our entire like heart's posture toward the Lord is um, the fear of Him. Mm. So as, as we learn to fear God appropriately, what does that change about how we look at the fears like John was talking about, the fears of daily life? Yes, and so that is something that we see in Scripture as well. We see, um, we see, I guess you could say these are maybe the most common commands, fear the Lord and also um, don't fear. And they, you know, they seem kind of like two different things. And I think what the Bible is teaching is that when we face fears, you know, maybe um, we're afraid we might lose our job or we get some bad news from the doctor or um, just any kind of normal fear in life, um, 
we are to take those fears to the Lord and we are to, um, you know, cry out to him and, and ask him for help. And, you know, he's our father and he wants to hear from us. Um, and, and as we do that, we start to see that God is greater than those things that we fear and he's mightier and he, he's ruling over all of these circumstances and, and we can trust him uh, to know that he's got it all and he's carrying it for us. Mm-hmm. Christina Fox is with us. Her brand new work is called A Holy Fear, Trading Lesser Fears for the Fear of the Lord. So, Christina, for people who really don't know the Lord, why would we fear the Lord? I mean, it's God. Right? God's supposed to love us. Why should we be afraid of God? Right. And so the Bible really shows like two different kinds of fear. Um, those who are outside of the faith uh, and don't know the Lord, I mean, they truly would have kind of a, a true fear of him because, you know, he's, um, he's the judge of all the world. But when we come to faith in him and we have that relationship with him, he is our father um, and we can come to him and pray to him and he hears us. Then that fear is, you know, as I said, more of, um, you know, what theologians would call filial fear. It's a relationship that we now have with God. And, and so we, we treat him with, you know, that honor and respect as we would, you know, our own father. Um, and so it's, it's just, it's, it's a response of love uh, to God for all that he's done for us. So how could we increase, Christina, our healthy fear of God and our and minimize our unhealthy fear of the things of life? That's a great question. Um, so, I mean, some of it is things that we already uh, know to do. You know, I mentioned praying to God and, and telling Him about all of our fears and, and the things that uh, concern us and weigh us down. Also, reading his word, because as we read it, we see who he is and um, how he's almighty and, and holy and and wondrous, and he's the creator of all things, and and he's you know sent his son to die for our sins, and so we see all these uh, wonderful characteristics of him, and it just uh, shapes our heart to respond to him with this holy fear. So prayer and, and reading the word. You know, another thing for me is just um, being out in his creation and just seeing his hand and everything that he's made just just fills me with wonder and awe at, at his creativity and, and um, his power and might. So, Christina, then, as we live in this fallen and fearful world, of course, you know, just day to day, we're going to experience some measure of fear. But... The fear of God trumps all that fear, does it not? Yes, and what we see is that God is greater. He is truly greater than all the things that we fear, and He's our refuge, and He shelters us, um, and we can run to Him and and find our hope and rescue in Him. And so that's really what we see in the Bible. We see that example throughout the Psalms with David. Um, King David certainly had uh, many fears, and he uh, he ran to God with them, and, and he told God what was going on, and that his enemies were after him, and that he needed rescue and help, and 
and then he he trusted in God. He saw God as as his deliverer, as greater than um, even the people that were after him. You know, I'm glad you brought up David because just the other day I was really, you know, anxious about something in my life, and I was feeling. I was hating myself for my lack of faith about the thing. Um, and I, I just was so disappointed in myself that I was so upset thinking, you know, like, like don't you know who God is? Like, why, why wouldn't you trust him? But, you know, my emotions were all mixed up in it anyway. Um, so I read, I read Psalm six and Psalm seven and boy, it all of a sudden came rushing to me that, you know, David's experience is so human and it made me realize that my experience is human too. And it's really okay. You know, it's okay to go through highs and lows and dark times and happy times and all those sorts of things and feel in darkness or feel happy or like the emotions that take the kind of uh, go along with us through our life's journey are kind of through the Psalms. They're like sanctioned by God. Yeah, we will experience all of those things that you mentioned because we live in a fallen world and there is just, you know, there's bad stuff. Um, you know, people get sick or, you know, there's there's losses we experience, disappointments, heartaches, and those are all normal. And the Psalms just show us that, you know, God wants to hear from us when we experience those things and, and we can cry out to him and tell him what what we're feeling and and, you know, as we read the Psalms, we see that the psalmist, as he does that, he's also reminding himself of who God is. Uh, in Psalm 27, uh, David wrote, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? And he said this at a time when he was being pursued by enemies who wanted to kill him. But he's reminding himself, God is my salvation. He, he's the one who will rescue me and deliver me. And um and that's, you know, that's really what we do as believers, as, as you, it sounded like you did yourself. You reminded yourself of who God is. That's good. Well, Christina, thanks. I mean, who knew that fear could feel so good? So we appreciate the conversation <laughs> and your time with us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Christina Fox, her brand new work, A Holy Fear, Trading Lesser Fears for the Fear of the Lord. Take a break. Come back. Let's talk about 200 dogs that could have been on the menu. Now that the pumpkins are almost gone, do you know what time it is? It's time to talk turkey. At the Springhouse in 84, we really do like to enjoy one holiday at a time. But our customers are calling now to talk about Thanksgiving turkeys. For 20 years, we've been selling fresh turkeys raised by a friend who is a big turkey farmer who really knows how to raise turkeys. I grew up on a farm where we raised, dressed, and sold turkeys, and I do feel we know what a good turkey should look like. First of all, it should be fresh. That's when it's at its very best quality, not frozen. It should be meaty and broad-breasted, and it should be cleaned to perfection. We're really fussy about selling only the best at the Springhouse, and we do believe our turkeys are the best. Call 228-3339 now to order yours, and don't forget to order buns, casseroles, and most of all, pumpkin pies. Let us help you make your Thanksgiving really delicious. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. 
for roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows. Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. If you're a licensed counselor in Pennsylvania, Grace Wellness Center doesn't want to hire you. They want to partner with you. At Grace Wellness Center, you'll find the personal support and professional development you need to build your ideal clientele. Grace Wellness Center invests in you so you can invest in your clients. Get the support, training, and personal coaching you need to pursue your passion and build the kingdom with offices throughout Greater Pittsburgh. Join the team at thegracewellnesscenter.com. With thousands of locally owned Napa stores across the nation, chances are that wherever you call home, they do too. So whether you stop by a local Napa Auto Parts store, Napa Auto Care Center, or visit Napa online, you can count on Napa know-how. We will never fully understand what we've asked of our military service members or their families, asking them to put themselves in harm's way, to endure it all. But we do understand that it's our turn, our duty, to keep them secure for the rest of their lives. Wounded Warrior Project long-term support programs help our most severely ill or injured veterans live independently, at no cost for life, so that they might stand at ease. Join us at findwwp.org. story today that really uh, is heartbreaking uh, on its surface, but really good news uh, in another way, especially if you're a, a dog lover, an animal lover. Uh, this is from uh, today's Washington Post, and uh, it says this, that South Koreans are turning against the tradition of eating dog meat, and it's giving hundreds of dogs the chance for a new life in the United States and Canada. In late October, 196 dogs arrived at Dulles International Airport after being rescued from captivity in tiny cages on South Korean dog farms, which are gradually closing down as demand for dog meat declines. Mm. Some of the dogs have been sent to shelters across the U.S. and Canada, while others will be given behavioral training to make sure that they are ready for their new pets, the new role, new roles as family pets. Since January of 2015, the Humane Society has taken about 2,000 dogs from 17 former dog farms wow. in South Korea. Isn't that wild? That's amazing. I mean... Well, that is really good news. But just imagining, oh gosh, I just, I mean, you know this from being in, being overseas, you see things in regards to animals that you you just can't believe. Oh, well, I mean, every culture has their own traditions, right? Um, The bad news is that in South Korea, there are still some 4,000 dog farms that remain. 4,000 registered farms in South Korea, according to the Korean Dog Meat Farmers Association. That's about half the 3 million dogs that were farmed two decades ago. The industry favors yellow dogs, but many other breeds are found on other farms. 3,500 restaurants a country serve dog meat in South Korea. Wow. 
That's wild. That well, really so that's that's good news in a dark world. Let's put it that way. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and again, just perusing, you know, switching uh, switching from dog dog consumption. Uh, it looks like, um, you know, uh, in the actor world, uh, Johnny Depp. I mean, I remember Johnny Depp. How about, oh man, man, has he fallen on hard times? Like, how about you, um, you go back to Pirates of the Caribbean? You go back to um, I never liked that franchise. How about What's Eating Gilbert Grape? Right. What I about mean, the what a chocolat? Remember oh that? yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Well, uh, Johnny Depp uh, still reeling from what he calls a surreal court loss in his UK libel case this week uh, is out apparently as the dark wizard Gellert Grindwald in Warner Brothers' Fantastic Beast film franchise. The actor revealed the news over the weekend in an Instagram post. He said, I quote, I want to let you know that I've been asked to resign by Warner Brothers for my role in the Fantastic Beats. I've respected that and agreed to, to the request. In a short statement, I thank my fans for their love and concern. The surreal judgment of the courts in the UK will not change my fight to tell the truth, and I confirm that I plan to appeal, he continued. My resolve remains strong. So apparently Johnny Depp was. Um, uh, oh, listen, he it's like the worst divorce trial you're ever going to hear in your whole life. I mean, I've not, not followed just, along. I, when I saw that last week, it was the first I heard of it. Oh, is that right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I mean, so it started out as a divorce trial and then it turned in. There were all sorts of domestic violence accusations, but they were they were on both sides. Right. So she was accusing him. He was accusing her. And John, it devolved like you cannot imagine. I mean, it became uglier than ugly. And there were, you know, persistent accusations related to his deep and ongoing drug use, um, just violent behavior in the home, uh, horrible arguments that led to life threatening situations. I mean, it was it was really shocking. And so I wondered as these, you know, as the news of this filtered out over the last, I don't know, six, eight months or so, I thought, now this is going to be interesting to see how Hollywood responds to this, because you know how Hollywood is, you know, famous Push for canceling away. people in the last, what, five years, right? We don't like what you did. We don't like what you tweeted five right, years ago right, right. or 15 years ago, or what you said in your ninth grade English paper, and we have to cancel you and make sure that you don't have any career anymore. Well, um, it looks like Johnny Depp at least has had one major career potentiality canceled. Yeah, I'm really surprised by it. I mean, seriously, I mean, when you look again, even with us living in the hashtag Me Too era, I mean, Hollywood, you know, has been famously just pushing dirt under the rug forever and ever. Right. Right. I mean, look, they generally just go hand in hand. If you're a Hollywood star, sure, you, right. know, you kind of have jerky behavior. Right. But right? listen, these two, both he and his ex-wife look so bad. After all of the allegations that have been thrown around, all the testimony, I mean, it's just, it's right. really wretched. Okay. So apparently got, there's a $50 billion defamation suit that's going to take place next year. Right. So he's, he's saying that he's not going to let his career land this way. This right. is how, this isn't, this is not how it, it's going to end. He's going to insist that she tells the true story to the public and she's staying, you know, like that's what I've been telling all along. I guess. So I don't know. I, you know, I, I'm a Harry Potter fan, but the, you know, Fantastic Beasts is a is a little tiny. I mean, it, it's like a it's a textbook that the students used when they were at Hogwarts. And so I could never figure out how they were going to kind of like make that into a story. Mm -hmm. And I never oh, watched it. But 
are there several films? I mean, you know how I feel yeah, about this kind third, of stuff. I think there's two of them already. I think the third one is coming is the one that he uh, just got canceled All from. Right. Okay. So, Mike, are you a fan? Have you yourself watched Fantastic Beasts? Because I know that you and Kath are sort of, you know, similar in your love for either superheroes or yes. fantasy stories. Yeah, we may be similar, but unfortunately, I haven't, I haven't seen maybe – I've probably seen the first two Harry Potters, but I haven't seen anything – Mike, recent. Mike, Mike, My apologies. Well, here's well, here's the thing. <laughs> Mike's gotta... son is way too young yeah. at this point to, right, to right. get into Harry Potter. I mean, it would just be traumatizing for yeah. heaven's sake. Yeah, eight, eight or nine years from now, Mike will be a student of the genre. Oh my gosh, Mike will be like, if I could watch anything but Harry Potter, right? Mm. It will come, Mike. Just so you know, it will come. Yeah, I'm getting yes. sick of uh, the Thomas the Train, and I mean, I love oh. Thomas the Train. Don't no, I mean? Right, of course. Don't it, we all? I think I'm ready to graduate from it. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Every age has its own yes. wonder and something that's repellent. Right. Hey, thanks for being with us. Always a great pleasure. Podcast is up and running. We'll see you tomorrow, God willing. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.